Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. And Nebraska finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Key players to watch, I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably the easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh, boy. Where do you even get started? This is the last take. Uh, welcome back to the last take. Uh, yeah, it's just me and Blake today. Um, we're just going to, you know, just talk about some uh, new uh, news, like with Northwestern, um, some recruiting news since the last time we uh, recorded. I know it's been a bit. But we've been busy. It's summer. Um, we all have, at least most of us. I don't know, Blake, if you have a job, but I know you have a job. Yeah, it's because most of us all have a job, or there's a time difference, or whatever. So, especially with Charlie being two hours behind. But um, yeah. So just me and Blake here, and we're gonna. So we'll start off with Northwestern. Uh, if you haven't noticed in the news, there's been a lot of stuff at Northwestern. Um, yeah. What do you? Anything you have anything you have to say, uh, Blake? Yeah, and I do have something to say. It's kind of something crazy that I thought about is who actually broke the news in the first place. It was the student. It was a student uh, newspaper, um, the Northwestern, uh, the Daily Northwestern, which is like ours, the Daily Nebraskan. Yeah. And it's kind of insane to think about like a parallel, like, you know, obviously being in college now, you know, say we're working for the daily Nebraskan, right? Which we could be doing, you know, right. That's an easy opportunity we could get. And imagine breaking the news like that. I mean, going into the football program, getting that. Um, first of all, the thing with college sports is that you don't always get great access to the, right. to the locker room and to other stuff like that. Colleges, I feel like are more secluded out of any, even professional sports to their players. You know, they're very reserved about letting people in. And so I felt like a lot of maybe news organizations were holding back at first because they don't want to hurt their access come football season, you know? Yeah. And so I feel like that they were a little bit reserved on that, but it's just crazy to think about that a student, you know, run organization broke that. I mean, that it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. Some incredible journalism there. Um, really, really good investigative, uh, investigative journalism. And, um, because it's like you said, it's not an easy topic and it's really shed some light on some other issues going on at Northwestern uh, baseball was the big, the second big one. Um, they fired their coach recently. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate because I don't know if it, we don't know too much and we'll probably know more as we get closer, uh, especially with Big Ten media days coming up next week. So it's going to be a really busy week and then or next week it's going to be very busy for the uh, Big Ten. Um, but with Northwestern and the out of fire Pat Fitzgerald, their 17 year coach and former player as well. I'm sure that wasn't easy. And if I don't know if he knew about it, but I unfortunately, I personally uh, believe that it should have been done. I think he was going to have to, he was going to have to either get fired or he was going to retire here in the next few years because Northwestern, if they want to keep up with this upcoming, this is kind of off topic off, like what we like all the allegations and stuff, but with all the big 10 expanding and all that Northwestern is going to be left behind because recruiting is not great there. But um, yeah, so they, um, 
upgraded uh, David Braun as their new head coach for now until they if they even hire a new coach before the season. It's pretty. It, we're only thirteen days away from fall fall practice at least for the most part for most teams. So I don't know. What do you think about um, David Braun being uh, the new head coach? Or the interim, I should say. So well, I think it's definitely interesting. I'm guessing he will probably be the head coach. I don't think that they're going to exhaust the resources just yet because you got to think, you know, coming down the pipelines was a new football stadium and the money that they're going to spend to that. And now you got um, this investigate investigation going on inside of it. And then on top of that, even more so is that I think Pat Fitzgerald might actually be suing the university, um, which kind of makes it seem like, oh, shoot, did he actually really know about this stuff or not? Because I don't want to say it was too soon because for stuff like that, it's really never too soon. Um, maybe they could have placed him on leave or something like that, not necessarily fired him. Well, that's um, what they did originally. They put him on a two-week leave, and then all this week leave. came out, and people were freaking out. It was like only two weeks for this with all the yeah. uh, alleged stuff, allegations. But, I mean – and then they just turned around and just fired him out of nowhere. Like, not like, you know, just putting him, like you said, just on leave. No, yeah, like, or like a suspension, like indefinite suspension. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. That's, that's just another wrinkle in the thing. And so you got this new stadium and whatever with that money. And, you know, it just kind of pushes things further away. Um, obviously, you have to focus on the investigation first and kind of put everything else on the back burner. But, yeah, just just weird circumstance all around, and you know, even more rumors are feeling. You know, don't necessarily want to give into those because you know, like we said before we were recording, you know, you don't oh you can't always believe Twitter, um, so it's hard to just be like oh those are true. But as time is going on now across the summer, you know, you're just starting to see more and more stuff pop up, and it's kind of crazy for an esteemed university like Northwestern to have these issues. And I feel like the Big Ten is kind of radio silent on it right now. And it's a little annoying, especially for us Husker fans, when anything we do, you know, a lot of the fans on Twitter were talking about the COVID stuff. And, you know, I'm I'm sort of over it at that point. Yeah, that's a bad thing. But there's been other circumstances where the Big Ten has just sort of anytime they get a chance to vilify Nebraska, they will, you know, not necessarily from the Big Ten, but from other people. And so now you got something bigger like this, and it's kind of just like, hush hush a little bit until the big media started jump on it you know and then yeah. pat fitzgerald got fired immediately right there um but yeah you know nebraska gets vilified if we do anything remotely wrong you know kind of like when scott frost had that like extra coach or something like that for that you know those practices or something and the news was there was crazy but then when you have something way more serious i feel like it it took a long time for it to catch on and that's what i was kind of surprised about but yeah, we'll see. I guarantee next offseason or sort of during the football season, I think more stuff will come out um, because you just don't – you don't have something like this happen, fire a coach. You know, this could be a huge athletic department problem that we don't know about, but time will tell. So, Yeah. Um, who do you think would be a good replacement? I mean, other than like – I know they're probably going to keep David Braun, like you said, but who do you think would be a good head coach – I mean, to take over this Northwestern program, which is probably one of the, I, I don't want to say it, but one of the worst power five jobs in the country. I mean, just um, based off of the ability to recruit and stuff, because 
being a high prestigious school like Northwestern is, it's going to be really tough to get those players. And they had a tough time this off season. And as we go forward, it's going to be even more tough. Who do you think would be a good, uh, good person to lead that program? I don't know for some of these teams, especially like they're, you're a little bit, not as good power five teams, as you said, it's hard to predict who will go there because sometimes you will have a coach that has been at a good place for a long time. Like take a Bo Pelini, for example, you know, was at a good place for a long time, but now he steps down to a, a lower team or even further back in, in Nebraska history. Um, oh, shoot. Who do we just uh, um, who do we just have at the spring game? Solich. Or Solich, Frank Solich. He was at obviously at Nebraska and then he went down to, you know, a lower team. And so you kind of have those older coaches maybe coming down to a program like Northwestern, you know, um, Ed Origin. I don't know how to say his last name. How do you say his last name? Oregon? It's a uh, Origin or something like that. Or Origin, yeah. Well, you know, he apparently he expressed interest in it. And I feel like that kind of would make sense because, you know, as a coach like that, you might not be able to get more big opportunities and you go to a lower level like that. Or you see an up and coming coach. Who knows? I I mean, who knows what this uh David Braun can do? I mean, yeah, he could definitely like make some noise this year. I mean, I don't know what the twin uh with transfers and stuff, how Northwestern is gonna deal with that. Cause we only have seen like a couple so far, but it's only been a week. So mm-hmm. we'll yeah. See. I, I feel like if you're in Northwestern's position, you know, especially with all the projects you did have um, going on, just like thinking future football wise, you know, they were, I'm, I'm guessing um, Pat Fitzgerald wasn't going to last after this season, probably. Um, I would have to say that, you know, there's no harm in, in maybe giving um, an extra year after this, see where this, how this coach does maybe give it an extra year because it's just, I mean, a, co- a coaching search is hard and it's time consuming. You have to put a lot of money into it and effort. And with the investigation going on, you know, maybe you just say, screw it. We'll let him coach this year or next year. You know, I, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm thinking. There's, there's a lot of variabilities at play and it's kind of hard to predict for a school like Northwestern, you know, for like a top tier program, it's easier to break because you kind of can kind of get in their mindset. But like for a team like this, that's hard to, for me to think what would their higher ups do. Right. And I know we were talking about this earlier this week, me and you, but we were texting back and forth, but like with, with the Ed Origin stuff coming out, like, unfortunately for Northwestern, I mean, you're going to be coming in after this year, it's the last year divisions. So it's going to be very, very tough for a team like mm-hmm. them or even Rutgers or Maryland to even get to the top because you have USC, Michigan, Ohio state. I mean, they've done it before they've gotten to the top, like top of the division, but they can can they get on the top of fifteen other teams? I I wouldn't I don't think so. Even if you get a really good coach like Ed Orjan, but for them it's it's just going to be tough and can't really expect a whole lot. So hopefully they can find something like a good. I mean, here in the future, you're getting to at least seven and five, or at least get to a bowl game. That'd be definitely a Northwestern thing. But this year, it's definitely going to have to there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So hopefully mm-hmm. I, I hope for the best for Northwestern. I don't want, I hate to see them being so bad. And it's just kind of unfortunate for a lot of these teams just can't recruit because mm-hmm. of their, the school's um, requirements. And it's, it's, I mean, you've seen in the past, like a few years, Northwestern's had a lot of draft picks. They, 
they've um they get these lower star or just really smart kids and they're getting to the NFL and it's really cool to see but right now it's 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 going to be really tough for them um and also I want to go back like you were talking about how Nebraska is always the villain or they always mm-hmm. make us look really bad but like we've had there's been a lot of controversies I I feel like there's been a decent amount in the past few years here in the Big Ten. I mean, you had Iowa with the racism, us with yeah, and that kind of got swept under the rug. We just wanted to play football in 2020, and everyone hated us. All these these Northwestern, I think it's ironic, but all these uh, Northwestern alumni journalists like uh, Michael Wilbon were saying like Nebraska should be kicked out of the Big Ten. Desmond Howard said that, and only because we wanted to play football. I mean, yeah. I think it's kind of crazy. And we, it's funny because we weren't the only team that wanted to play football well, either. Ohio we, State did. Yeah, and we were. It was us pushing for it, and us and Ohio that, State. And then yeah. they kind of just, you know, he's like, "Oh no, 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 we don't." It's because yeah. it's Ohio State. It's the prize of the Big Ten, and but I mean, and then I've got I'm over that, but I just it's just it's just they've been really really quiet been kind of hush hush mm-hmm. around the big uh around northwestern in the past few days so or the past week so i don't know mm-hmm. um you have anything else on northwestern there's really, that was, really not much because we know now at this point yeah again time will tell but yeah um we're gonna move on um recruiting what a few weeks we've had um we've yeah. been on fire matt rule and the staff have gone crazy with recruiting um carter Nell, i think we've we haven't recorded since carter nelson right so yep yeah so we got carter nelson four-star tight end i mean he's an absolute beast um we got the uh jacob barney from uh, miami stole him stole him from the uh the canes i'm trying to think somebody up some of these other players but just a bunch of threes and four stars it's really helped us We've elevated into the top twenty for recruiting. At one point, we're fifteenth. So, mm-hmm. on twenty four seven sports. So, um, there's a lot of stuff. And then even recently, um, Brandon Baker, the number one offensive tackle in the country, he we are in his top four, I believe. And official, and um, he is scheduling a visit for or official visit during. I think they have been saying it's the NIU game. So. So our first home game. Yep, that's it. Uh, that's his third, right? He requested that extra one, that third one. That's his third. Yes, I believe. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Be crazy if we could somehow pull that off. I mean, would be insane, honestly. Yeah, and then um, I think a couple days ago, actually, um, we got um, what's his name, the Hawaii. Oh, guy. Can... Yes, number one player from Hawaii. Oh, yeah, number one player in Hawaii. Let me get his name real quick. Um, let's see. One second. Um, but yeah, we landed him. People stayed up till one a.m. That's the only problem being um five hours behind. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's it's wild seeing Husker fans be that dedicated. You know, obviously, I'm not gonna wake up for that. I mean, he again. This is I think the funny thing about is that you know the Husker fan base we're insane is that we would do those things and put it in perspective. I mean, these, these are high school players. You know, that like they're coming to college for their freshman year. I'm not going to stay up and watch that stuff, you know, because they still have to perform at the end of the day. But I'm elated because, I mean, what a huge get. Yeah, Preston uh, Tuamua. Yeah. 
Teomua, Teomua, mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Waipu. I, I'm not trying it. Hawaii, number one player, <laughs> <laughs> inside offensive lineman um, from uh, Hawaii. So that huge pickup. He's a consensus four star. I don't really care for the stars, but because, like you said, in the end, will be all they have to perform. And mm-hmm. right now, Preston is the centerpiece for uh, this recruiting class, at least for the pipeline. So it's a really, really good pickup for uh, 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 Riola. So, um, future visits. Uh, I think we have a few, we have one coming up here, um, at the end of the month from a three star from Utah, according to On Three. This might not be right or not. So he's uh devote. <sighs> These names are really tough. Um, but yeah, so. We, we're in the running for a lot of players and it's, it's weird to see this because we didn't really see this under the last, uh, the last um, head coaching staff. So, I mean, even Grant bricks, like the number one player in Iowa, I hope we get him. He's the next guy, really big guy. We need to get, he's another, oh, I'd, I'd love player. it as, as a Nebraska fan from Iowa, I would love to get some of those Iowa boys because there, there are those out there that, in their surrounding area, obviously, you know, my school, Thomas Ferney, of course, grew up a Nebraska fan. You got these other people that I think would be willing to come to Nebraska because Logan Magnolia is not that far away um, from my house, actually. So, I mean, like, where we are, where I'm recording right now. So, I mean, like, those guys coming over is like a real possibility, but it's just, again, showing the interest and actually putting effort into them. And this is what I love about Matt Rule, right, you know, is that you have the side of him where, like, it's not as flashy of like getting the three stars and other stars or people like, Oh, we're the only power five school recruiting these guys, but it's good to see him have be able to get the flashy four stars, you know, and be able to be in contention for these guys while also being able to develop the players. Uh, I'm excited um, that we are able to still have the flashy side because in all honesty, you know, you you want to see those stars you want to be like oh we got the five star oh we got the four star you know it's just good to see that because that's always good publicity yeah but then in the long term you know you got the players that are developing hopefully will develop um under this uh rule staff so it's good that you got both sides of it and that that's honestly something that we couldn't see like you said before you know we would have maybe cam jorgens is the only player that i think that ever showed any sort of development um, at Nebraska, he's the only player I can really think of him, and uh, yeah, him, I I think that's it. On, yeah, really, somebody on the defense. I guess. Yeah, I guess he kind of could have seen it from Garrett Nelson a little bit. He kind of improved somewhat. Luke Reimer, I would say, is another one. He really improved, mm-hmm. or he was just like a good player already. Um, we'll see even more. See if how good he is this year. But I mean, yeah, it, it would have to be Cam Jurgens. I mean, he was atrocious his sophomore year, first year starting as a center from moving from tight end. He missed a lot of snaps. Adrian Martinez was having to run all over the place. But his junior year, he had that huge jump from sophomore to junior year, and he had his best year of his college career and didn't he didn't get it penalized once. He didn't miss a single snap. And he ended up being drafted sec uh, in the second round to the Eagles who he gets to sit behind the greatest or the best center in the league handpicked by him at two, like Jason so. Kelsey, um, Jason Kelsey actually picked out Cam Jurgens to help him. So yeah. to sit behind him. So, I mean, that's, that's as really as good as you can get. And I think, again, that's the only player that comes to mind when I think of development that we've had, even, you know, in the Mike Riley era, I don't remember 
seeing as many players develop. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be great. Hopefully, I, I can't wait to see. You know, this this I'm really excited for this year because I mean, just everything's so fresh. Like, you know, last year getting in new coaches and stuff like that, Mark Whipple. Oh, I thought it was awesome. But this year, I'm even more excited because it's just it's just a clean slate. You know, I mean, it's just something that I don't have to worry about, you know, that one inkling of having our head coach still possibly doing bad. Everything's new now, so I'm excited. But, yeah, getting these new players, again, the flashy four stars, um, and then your people that aren't necessarily as highly rated, they're all welcome here at Nebraska, especially if Rule thinks they're going to do good. So Yeah. Yeah, we're currently sitting at 24 total commits for next year already. And mm-hmm. we still have until December and then yep. uh, February for the second time in the second signing day. So we have plenty of time to really improve this recruiting class. And hopefully this is a good sign for the future. I think it is, but hopefully this really shows um, future uh, uh, commits down the road. Um, things are going to change around here. And we've already seen it and we haven't even played a game yet. So, mm-hmm. yep. So we gotta we gotta hopefully have some um success on the field, but um but yeah. So that's all I have for recruiting. If you don't have anything else, um, no, that's all I got. Uh, so yeah, we'll be right back, and we're gonna talk about what we think are the top or our top ten uh college football games for next year. So we'll be right back. <laughs> back to the last take so now we're gonna hop into uh what we think are the power five we're strictly to power five power five best college football games of this upcoming year a top 10 um so we're gonna start from 10 and go up so go ahead blake you can go first what's your 10th uh slot from my 10 might be a little surprising i'm high on this team and another team that i have in this matchup has a lot of hype in the offseason it's Oregon versus Texas Tech. Yeah. Pretty odd choice, you'd say, right? But Texas Tech was eight and five last year. They're five and four in the conference. And I think they're going to put some work in um, this year. You know, we did the tier rankings before the Big 12, and I vouched a ton for Texas Tech because I just genuinely think that they could be a team, maybe not in the Big 12 championship, but they'll definitely win some games, eight and five. It could be another, have another eight and five season or maybe like a nine and four or something like that. Um, but I think they will be a similar fashion, be a very competitive team in, in the Big 12. And this, I, I love my non-conference matchups and you'll see why a little bit later on. I'll talk a little bit more on that, but Oregon versus Texas Tech, depending on how either teams enter this. And I'm going to say that a lot. So I don't know if people listening, they want to take a drink every time I say that this matchup, because like, um, you know, I, I love to do the transverse property. I try, I try to do this out like, Oh, this team beat that team. So that means this team is going to be better than that team or this team, you know, you can't reach across five different teams. It's hard to do that. I learned my lesson because I used to try to do that all the time, but Oregon versus Texas tech is, could be some matchup to determine 
how good some other teams are. So that's my 10th. I, I just think it's going to be one of those games you could turn on the TV and it could be competitive. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so my 10, we're Husker fans. I have to at least put them on here once. And there's only one game really that could be, at least for this year that Nebraska is a part of, will be a top 10, I think will be a top 10 game. I think there's potentially two. There's two, depending on. on where we're at during then. But um, week two matchup. In Boulder, Nebraska takes on Colorado, renewing the old rivalry from the Big 8, Big 12. Historic rivalry. I did an article on it. Um, not yes, you did a fantastic ago. article on it. Yeah, thank know you. Know the foe. Yes, know the foe. Uh, yeah, so um, dating back all the way to uh, uh, post-World War II, all the way to 2010, we played every single year. And then we both left the Big 12 for conferences. Now, Nebraska and Colorado both have new big-name head coaches. Deion Sanders took over Colorado. Matt Rule, as we probably all know, if unless you live under a rock, is now the head coach at Nebraska. Um, both teams are doing some big roster changes, more than the other. But And it might well, work out actually more think of that. than somebody else. But Speaking on that, Matt Rule has the most returning players out of the, any team in the Big Ten. 14, so. I believe. Yeah, 14. I think it's 14. So it's higher than like Ohio State, Michigan, but they all get players. And definitely back. more than Colorado. Well, yeah, Colorado lost 73 players over the offseason since uh, the firing of their last head coach or at the beginning of the last season. I mean, so 73 scholarship players left Colorado. Nebraska lost a few, but like we just said, we we returned 14 starters from last year, top of the Big Ten. I think this is easily could be easily a just repeated myself easily could be a top 10 t- uh, game of the year. Like I said, renewing the rivalry and, but I don't think it would be better. Some of these other games, I think my 10 and nine could maybe flip, but I really don't care. So yeah, my 10 is Nebraska at Colorado week two, uh, 10 AM kickoff, at least our time. So uh, go ahead with your nine. So my nine, you know, top 10 games, you know, this team last year, or one of these teams last year, was not flashy at all. Probably the least flashy team, maybe of all time. And then a team that performed well under expectations. I got Iowa versus Iowa State. I love this matchup. Growing in the Midwest, um, it's I just are. a game, especially in uh, growing up in Iowa. That is one game I've just always known to happen. And, you know, Iowa State won last year. And it's always a good game. Even if both teams are trash, it doesn't matter. The game is most guaranteed to be close. And I think Iowa State will be maybe a little bit better um, this coming year, hopefully. Um, And then Iowa, we don't know what we're going to get with them, especially offensive-wise. But, again, it's just one of those games that I think is definitely deserving of a top-10 slot just because of how competitive the game can be. And, you know, who doesn't love those in-state rivalries? So. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you. Cyhawks going to be good. I, I'm a little hesitant with Iowa State this year, but I think it's still going to be a good game. It's always a good game. I mean, I don't, I don't remember. I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, Iowa blew out Iowa State, but really, it's always been close. I mean, Iowa typically wins, but at least recently. Uh, so my number nine. It's going to some surprise some people. Uh, some of these two teams were all right. I think one was better than the other. It's a Big 12 versus Pac-12 matchup. Baylor takes on Utah. I really think Ooh. 
this game is really a sneaky one week two. There's a lot of games going on week two. Really, really good game. I, I believe Oregon and Texas Tech is week two, if I'm not mistaken. Because uh, I think Texas Tech starts at Wyoming. But Baylor and Utah, both teams kind of underperformed. I mean, I guess Utah didn't. They made the Pac-12 championship, upsetting USC twice last year in a very competitive uh, Big 12. Uh, but um, I really – or Pac-12. But I think this game is really sneaky. could be a really sneaky good game. It is at Waco, so it should be very interesting. And Utah will be coming off a home game over – versus Florida, which is a huge one in week one, but I didn't, but I really feel like this game is sneaky. And um, that's why I put them at nine. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good game right there for my eighth. This is uh, another in-state rivalry this time in the big 12. One team's leaving another team's staying. I got Texas tech versus uh, Texas. This is my second and final Texas Tech game. Again, I'm going to vouch for them. And I just think this is one of the games that you turn on the TV, and it's just going to be a fun game to watch. And, you know, Texas Tech has won the last two games. Um, they have a record, and I'm looking at this on Winsipedia. You know, us Husker fans, we know this website in and out because we always bring <laughs> it up to belittle our little brothers like Colorado and other schools. Um, and I'm looking at Texas Tech and Texas – Texas Tech has only their longest winning streak is two games. So if they win one more against Texas, that could potentially derail Texas for the rest of the year. Um, it's mm-hmm. normally later in the season game. Um, but it, it could, uh, if Texas is doing good um, and Texas Tech come in there and they win, it could be huge for the overall um, Big 12. Um, but yeah, Texas Tech, we don't, we don't know if this game will continue further on past this year. So it'll be one that I look forward to. Yeah. All right. My number. Yeah. My number eight, an ACC conference matchup. This game could really decide how uh, this, the conference ends up finishing up at the top Florida state takes on Clemson. I feel like Florida state is a sneaky. They're a dark horse for the, uh, the college football playoff this year. They have a few tests this year, which I have them later down up my list here with another big game they have, but this one I don't find as big as, um, or it's bigger. It's a big game. ACC is a little weak. I'd say, I mean, it's one of the weaker mm-hmm. power fives, but they still have, it's really, really top heavy. So you got Florida state who is a contender. Clemson is always a contender. And this game could really decide how the conference ends up finishing and both teams have a lot to prove. So I really think this is a good eight spot. I would believe so. Yeah. yeah, no, th- that's another team, Florida State, that has a lot of hype around it in the offseason. I think that is probably the team, if you, like, rank who has the most offseason hype or, you know, kind of like what Texas A&M was last year in the offseason, you know. I feel like Florida State has really taken that role this year in the offseason. So, yeah, that could be a huge game. And then uh, moving on, my number seven is Georgia uh, versus Tennessee. Um, it- it's it's one of those games, again, I, I – drink because I'm going to say a lot of the same words and phrases a lot but you know I I I was before I was like in the out-of-conference matchups but this is a pure in-conference matchup here and Georgia versus Tennessee depends on whether they're where those teams will be I honestly don't think Tennessee will follow up as good of a year as they had last year 
you know, I feel like they're in a position Georgia was a few years ago where they just are, they have good teams, but they're not going to be able to win the big games. Kind of like what Penn state is, um, definitely where they have a good team, but they can't win the big games. And, um, Georgia versus Tennessee, you know, last year was not close. Um, so could it be closer this year? I don't know, but it is at Tennessee, so it could. It, it is. It is at Tennessee. Good old, good old Rocky Top. Um, and yeah, Georgia this year, I think they'll be just as strong as they were last year. Um, and yeah, being at home in Tennessee could definitely uh, skew the results. But again, that's that's my number seven spot. What do you got, Dylan? I'll, uh, just before I do that, um, I don't have Georgia Tennessee on this list. I was going to. Uh, the list, I was, a couple of lists I was looking at, they was really high up on their list. I personally think it's not going to be that good of a game. Um, I think Georgia's is way better. I don't – Tennessee fans, come kill me. I don't care. I don't really think Tennessee is going to be as good as they were last year. Joe yeah, Milton may have, like, the best arm in college football history, as some people are saying. But I, I just – they lost so much, and I don't know if they can follow up such a good season they had being so close to getting the college football playoff almost having a Heisman quarterback as well. I just don't, and there's a lot of um, pressure on Joe Milton to perform because they, let's just be honest, their defense wasn't great last year and it's not going to be much better this year either. So you're going to go against a very good Georgia team who their Carson Beck might be better than Stetson Bennett. So yeah, I was listening earlier today. They were on a 93, seven, the ticket, they were, Georgia's going to be really good this year. Again, who would have thought, but you know, I'm just not high on Tennessee. So I don't have it on the list, but it should be, I think it's, it's a big matchup depending on what their both teams records are going in. But uh, so my number seven is Oregon versus Washington. I think I would have put this higher up the list. If there wasn't another bigger game in this PAC 12 conference, I'll get back. I'll, I I'm sure both of us have it on our list, but It'd be later down the road here, but mm-hmm. I think Oregon Washington is a good game. It should be a good game. It was a good game last year. Oregon uh, upset in Washington when Washington was looking like they were uh, looking really good to maybe even winning the Pac-12 last year or vice versa. I mean, but I think Washington won. Now thinking about it, I don't know. Uh, let me look on Winsipedia, but this game should be very good in my opinion. Um, it's it, both teams look are looking really good. Um, and I think Washington has, has a lot of, um, um, hype around the team, uh, around the program from last year, having a very successful season based off of what they were, uh, you know, past few years before hiring, um, uh, Kalen DeBoer, Washington won last year. So they beat a very good Oregon team last year. So, I mean, who knows? This could decide the Pac-12, depending on how USC performs this year. And, and it's just the last – it's a, not the last time, but um, but Oregon-Washington should be a very good game. So uh, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, so I'll move on here because I we, we'll talk about the Pac-12 a little more with the game that I think we both have up here that's uh, a little bit higher up rank. But at my uh, – what are we at now? Number six? Six, number six right? Yep. So my number six – is uh, another out-of-conference matchup for another team that I feel like always in the offseason and always in the beginning of the season gets ranked high. And they're a team that I, you know, used to like growing up because we all love Rudy. But then I realized 
and then, and then I re- and then I realized, oh, I actually don't really like Notre Dame. Um, and I got the Clemson versus Notre Dame game at number six. Uh, Notre Dame dominated last year. And if you look at Winsipita, they have the largest margin of victory um, for their win. 35 to 14 was last year. You know, Clemson team, that Clemson team was rated pretty highly um, early in the season, uh, very early on in the season. And, you know, they quickly fell out of the rankings. but. Clemson last year was I I was honestly sick of seeing them kind of like where they you know kept getting touted though this and that and I was just annoyed that this Clemson team was not a good team last year and both these teams have a lot riding on their backs going into this year I'm Dabo Sweeney at uh, Clemson you know I'm not going to say the writings on the wall for him because he's done a lot for that program and has been fantastic but you know, it was last year one of them lame duck years to where like, oh, just one bad year, they're going to have a bounce back year. I don't know. To me, it was a little bit frightening and eye-opening, especially with, you know, looking back last year at the Clemson-Notre Dame game with that big of a margin of victory. Um, but this year, I think it could be different, and I think it could set Clemson on the right path. So, yeah, that's that's my number six spot. spot. Yeah, my number six, Big Ten game number two for me, Penn State versus Ohio State. I think this game is going to be huge. The only thing that's uh, that's going to really hurt Penn State in this one, it's at uh, Columbus in the in the horseshoe, so that will not help. But I think this game could really determine how. And there's there's two other games that could really determine how this division is going to end up. Um, it's definitely these top three teams: Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State at the top of the Big Ten East. But this game could really uh, really um, derail or really help a team get to where they need to be to win the conference. So this game is going to no matter. I think every year since at least last time Penn state won was in 2016, actually. So it's been a while, but uh, this game is always an important game. I feel like every year people are already talking about this game is going to be is really important. Big noon is there, or I think one time college football or uh, college game day was there, I think maybe, but, but yeah, I this is my sixth game. Um, I think there's better games this year, but especially in the Big Ten. But I really think it should be very good. So uh, go ahead, Blake. Mm-hmm. And my number five spot, um, you know, kind of like the reason why I chored, uh, chose Georgia and Tennessee. You know, Georgia's toughest opponent, I think, will be Tennessee um, uh, for the schedule. And for this team, um, Alabama and LSU, each other's toughest team. Um, and a game that LSU won barely with the big balls called by Brian Kelly to go for two there. And that was awesome to see. I don't know if it'll happen again. I honestly think that underestimating Alabama is something that we don't want to do just yet, especially when you still got Nick Saban as your head coach. He is getting older now, um, getting really old now, but uh, I still think he has some years of competitiveness left. And I think that they'll them in Georgia are still going to be your top two teams. And I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to call them out yet. So that game for me is at the number five spot because it could still be a close game. Cause I think LSU will be better than they were last year, or maybe around the same, maybe not have an embarrassing loss in there like they did. Um, but at the same time, we don't know. Alabama could completely blow them out of the water. Yeah, that's at my number five spot. I just 
that's a game you you have to look forward to at the end of the year because it's going to be I think it's going to be one of the games to determine your higher standings um, in the poll at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so my number five, this game last year came down to the wire. It actually came down to a blocked extra point uh, in week one, Florida State versus LSU. I th- This game has to be on most people's lists. I think mm-hmm. this game could determine whoever wins this might make the college football playoff in the, on the end, in the end. So uh, this game's uh, back in Orlando like it was last year. Um, like I said, this this game last year was a sh- uh, it was a instant classic. What a way to start off the season! Um, and Florida State was a lot better. Even LSU, they rebounded and had a pretty good year, excluding that extremely ex- or the blowout versus Tennessee. But the LSU still ended up making the um, or did they make? Yeah, they made the conference championship. So I mean, good for them, but. I really think Florida State LSU is a huge game. Jordan Travis, he's a um, Heisman candidate. Uh, Jaden Daniels is a Heisman candidate. So I, this game could come down to the wire like it did last year, or it could be a blowout. Who knows? So, yeah, that's not that's my number five. My number four spot is uh, TCU versus Colorado. That week one matchup is very uh, enticing to me because – you know, TCU is without Max Duggan. They're without a lot of players. And I don't foresee TCU being as competitive at all. As a, at all. I think that last year was sort of a miracle run. Um, yeah. Just because it's one of those lucky teams that reminds me of the UCF um, back in 2014, was it? 2014, I'm pretty sure. UCF? Yeah. 2017. 2017. That was when he's at – sorry, that was when uh, Scott F. was at Oregon. Whoops. Yeah. Anyways, move, moving on for that. Uh, TCU <laughs> versus Colorado, huge for both games because if TCU loses the game to Colorado, Colorado fans are going to think they're going to – go. Crazy. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to go insane because, oh, we just beat the number two team last year, and I genuinely don't think it will actually reflect much because I don't think TCU will be as good. But – It'll be huge for the headlines, I think. You know, I, it's going to be one of your stories that is first talked about in the first weeks of college football is how that game went. And for either team, is a, a lot is riding on it. Yeah, this game is definitely huge. Last year, it, it was not close. But nope. It's 38 to 13 in week one last year. But this game's pretty – that game's pretty interesting. But, um, yeah, my number four, another Big Ten – it's a Big Ten East matchup. Michigan taking on Penn State. Like I said with the Ohio State-Penn State game, I honestly think both these teams can do like a little round-robin thing. Ohio State loses – I think this is my prediction. Ohio State loses to Michigan. Penn State versus uh, defeats uh, Michigan, and Penn, uh, Ohio State beats Penn State. So it's going to be very – You know me, I have, I have it sort of like in the reverse order. Yeah. So I, I this game is huge. I mean – it's, I believe it's at Penn State, so that will really help. It is not their uh, whiteout, though. I, their whiteout is versus uh, West Virginia, I believe, so whatever. But this game's going to be huge, and I think both teams, Pep Michigan's coming off two straight college football playoffs. Penn State is a has a lot of hype coming in, coming into the season, as they could probably – they could make noise as um, – as, or um, James Franklin's really been a pretty good coach for Penn State, and hopefully they can turn the corner. Um, 
but yeah, I think this game is going to be huge. So yeah, we can move on to number three. Number three um, is USC versus Oregon. And again, uh, there's a lot of other Pac-12 matchups you can do, but um, USC versus Oregon is going to be a game that I think determines uh, pretty early on determines uh, your top of the pecking order for the Pac-12. Um, and they last played each other in 2019 and 2020, and Oregon won both those pretty handedly. Uh, actually, the last game was a little bit closer, 31-24, and then the 2019 game was 56-24. So, you know, if Oregon says who they say they are this year, defeating USC with Caleb Williams still at quarterback would be huge for them for the rest of the year. And, yeah, that's why it's at my number three spot because – Again, I, I like those early in the year matchups to where kind of like they dominate your storylines for a few weeks and then things settle down. You get a lot of other storylines. But yeah, that's my number three spot. Me too. I have them at my three <laughs> spot as well. Yeah, this game, like you said, is huge. I mean, it's on November 11th. It's it's late in the year. This could really decide who is going to make the Pac-12 champion. I mean, it's being the top for that back that Pac-12 championship. It's been a been a little bit since Oregon's been there so I think Mm -hmm. it'd be huge for Oregon and Bo Nix to get a huge win over Caleb Williams who's coming off an incredible season winning Heisman USC had college football playoff thoughts until you know Utah decided to spoil all of that which I loved but um, I think this is the last chance probably for a while Oregon can defeat USC's because as most people know USC and UCLA are leaving for the big, uh, the big 10 next year or starting um, next season. So, I mean, this is a last chance and I really think Oregon can really make some noise this year. Pac-12 is going to be one of those conferences to watch because there's a mm-hmm. lot of good teams in that conference, Oregon, USC, some people, I don't think they're going to make it, but Oregon state could make noise. Washington, Utah, there's a lot of good teams. It's pretty top heavy though, too. So mm-hmm. very, um, very top heavy. Top four teams um yeah. kind of dominate where things are going. And I don't know, you know, I think the Pac 12 has been running pretty high lately the past few years. And I just don't think we'll see not every I don't year think it'll be as get... crazy as last year, like with one, yeah. how many ranked teams they had, but I think it was like five or six. But I think the Pac 12 will be pretty good this upcoming season, just not to the to the level that they were last year so but yeah that's my number three so i'm interested to see what your two and one are or your two is so yeah so my two is and i genuinely believe this is huge because it's robbery game you already touched on it nebraska versus colorado pretty high i have it at number two simply because when i look at the other games i have on this list i'm like implications 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 and the number one also has huge implications that's why i have it there is Nebraska need the same one for number yeah, one. Yeah, uh, probably. Uh, Nebraska needs to win this game. Colorado needs to win this game because both are going to look like idiots if they lose to each other. And kind of, again, it's after a few games, you know, uh, you already got that TCU Colorado game and you got Nebraska Minnesota, which I genuinely think could be. I was debating putting it on the top 10 because I think it's going to be one you look back at things at the end of the year and you're like, Oh shoot, that could be, a, that was a game that decided how Nebraska went. That, that's a game that decided how Minnesota went, but you could same could be said for this Colorado game right here. If Colorado beats TCU, 
and goes into this game uh, undefeated, you know, it would be huge. Nebraska could go into this game undefeated would be huge. And it's a 90s rivalry, and people people love that. People love the the throwbacks and the nostalgia factor of it, and especially coming off of, you know, Colorado's last win against them, us, Nebraska. So it's, you know, I don't think, I don't think Colorado will be in as much contention as they think they will be. But to me, I genuinely think it's a top 10 game with all the history surrounding it and the implications. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's huge for both sides. Like I touched earlier, I just, it's such a huge game and it really could decide it could really derail both team seasons. So mm-hmm. I think it really, it would really, really hurt Colorado more than us. I believe because Colorado has to turn on and play Colorado state or Colorado state, but ha ha ha. They're one of the worst teams in college football, but they also have to play USC, Oregon, Oregon state, yep. Utah. So I, th- I feel like their schedule biasly. I think their schedule is more tough than ours and more of a worse situation than we are as well. Nothing against all the players that they got in the transfer portal and all that. But I feel like Colorado has more to lose than mm-hmm. we do because with our head coach Matt Rule he's known for the past few teams he's been on tough first years and then it just immediately immediate turnaround so I mean well no we'll see how it looks like I mean shoot we could be 0-1 going to this game too so it's yeah easily so who knows but uh my number two you had it earlier down or kind of lower on your list LSU and Alabama I feel like especially if LSU beats Florida state in week one, this game could be two undefeated teams easily. And, and it's, it's late in the season. It's uh, first week in November. Like I feel like it's normally then, but this game is huge. Whoever wins this is probably going to make the big, uh, the SEC championship, the take on most likely Georgia. And I think LSU is better than they were last year and LSU beat Alabama last year, but I do also believe Alabama's better. So, and it is at Alabama. So that makes a big difference. So who knows, who knows who's going to win this game, but number two, I feel like this is, is bigger than any of the other ones. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got LSU and Alabama for number two, number one, I'm assuming we have the same one. Yep. Ohio state versus Michigan. Yeah. The big game. Yep, it, it's, it doesn't really get better than this game, I feel like, each year. Um, last year was a little bit more surprising. You know, in 2021, yeah, in 2021, uh, Michigan won 42-27, to 27, and then last year, 45-23. to 23. I, I'm high, you know, on Ohio State. I think that they're going to be the top of the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan will be a close second, or maybe throw Penn State in there. But again, you can talk about that hierarchy of wins all one lost teams of Penn State Michigan and Ohio State I think that Ohio State will beat Michigan but will lose to Penn State so um I just I don't know two years in a row for Michigan to have a lot of returning players I I this is how it was last year and Michigan ended up winning but Ohio State they did play great in that playoff game and I know that's just one game against Georgia but to me I I feel like that proved that Ryan Day um can compete you know I feel like there are some scrutiny you know he can win the game he can win games but necessarily not necessarily the big one 
although he didn't win that game, kind of a bad luck thing, kick across midnight, you know, into the next day, you know, kind of whatever voodoo stuff you think there happened. I don't know. That's a tough field goal regardless. Yeah. The amount of pressure, yeah. it's, a, it's over 50 yards, and the amount of pressure that kid – or the amount of pressure is on that kid trying to yep. kick 50-yarder to make it to the national championship, which I believe – Ohio State would have been a lot better against T, uh, Georgia than TCU was, but yeah, nothing we can do now. So I mean, can't change anything. But go ahead, you can finish. Yeah, so I we can go on to your reasoning actually, because I mean, we will talk about more. We don't just have a conversation yeah. now, because I mean, that's your number one. So yeah, uh, Michigan. Uh, Michigan is returning one of the best teams they've had. They're returning some of their best players. Blake Corum is the biggest one, I believe. The dude oh, yeah. was in a high was the top one of the top Heisman candidates last year before he got injured. Donovan I mean, should have been still a pretty crazy high. against Ohio State last year. JJ McCarthy, Heisman candidate. I mean, and they still have Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I really think this 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 team is very very good, and sh- the both teams. I mean, they could be both undefeated going in this game. I don't believe that's going to be how it is, but I definitely think Michigan has enough. I think. I think they're going to win three straight and I'm, I'm not as high on Ohio state. Can't count them out, but I'm not as high on them. They did lose one of the best quarterbacks in school history. I say in school history, but they have, they've had a lot of good quarterbacks in the past few years, but CJ Stroud, I mean, number top two player in the draft. That's, that's tough to lose. I mean, they have the best wide receiver in the country with Marvin Harrison jr. They probably have the best duo with Amika Buka too. So, mm-hmm. Uh, whoever starts, I think it's Kyle McCord probably, unless Devin Brown somehow beats him for the starting job. I mean, Ohio State's going to be really good too, but I, th- I just feel like Michigan just has more experience with their at least their offense. They did lose a few things on defense, but Michigan could be a very scary team this year, and it's back in Ann Arbor. It's going to be tough for Ohio State to win. I know there's going to be a lot riding on this game too, so but this it's easily the best game of the year. I mean, it's it. I mm. I personally think it's better than any of these other games that we've list we've talked about, or even some honorable mentions too. So I mean, mm. but yeah. So but yeah, you have anything else? Uh, no, I really don't. I mean, we could push some other stuff to another episode. So um, for more content there, but yeah, yeah. So kind of like. Kind of like maybe a, a media week after a Big Ten media weeks, um, yeah, media definitely. week or whatever. Because I, I, for for our listeners, I do have a topic that I think will be good that that can be used at any time. So, mm-hmm. and we have had a long enough episode. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that was our summer episode number two. Um, we've um trying to you know record, but schedules kind of tough to manage. All yep. schedules. If people I'm are doing a lot of different day. stuff doing the summer man and yeah. you know us, us college kids you never know if you're on a trip or you know job work whatever a lot of different stuff and then you throw time zones in the middle of it you know and yeah, it gets even it easy yep yeah so, so it, the schedules you know i'm working every day so it, it's tough but um but yeah we should look out for this episode we should be i'm trying to aim for friday so Hopefully we can get it out then, but um, just look out for our social medias. We'll be um, definitely um, trying to get some attention around this episode as it's number two for the summer, but um, mm-hmm. look out for that. And 
we can probably we can probably do a post for um, we can post our top 10 as well on Instagram, oh yeah mm-hmm. for instagram or twitter so look out for that as well but um yeah so signing off it's <laughs> but yeah this is me and blake so um yeah just us yeah. two i guess we can't do a little round table thing like we normally could do yeah um, but, um yeah but yeah check us out on instagram on instagram at the last take and then on twitter it's the uh the last take 22 capital yeah capital uh, tl so yeah uh capitals uh tlt on that um yeah um any last words blake no, but I think we're on threads, but I haven't signed into our Instagram account, so I have no idea. And plus, threads is kind of dying, not going to lie. Threads uh, I don't is kind of very sucky, so I don't really I, I don't. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but hey, I hope Mark Zuckerberg actually makes some updates to the app because I I like the thought of it because I, I'm a little annoyed at Twitter um, right now. But yeah, so I guess I think we're on threads, maybe, if you if you use that. I, I, I did. I think we're on threads. I think I made okay. it account. So, all right. Well, I guess that's I'm it correct. then. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, look out for our next episode, and I'll we'll see you on the next side.